every rejection, every disappointment has led you here. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, in a moment uh, in this hellscape called reality as we try to divert attention away from the day-to-day happenings of real life. We're going to try to uh, occupy your time, at least for the next hour or so, and talk about exciting stuff coming up in the future and put a bow on this month-long series we've been doing, this year in preview series. And we're going to give you our 100% accurate, way-too-early Oscar picks today, Michael. Yeah, we have to we have to enjoy episodes like this at times, Michael, because we we just don't want to watch the news. We don't want to watch uh the NBA playoffs. Well, at least one of us. Well, <laughs> we don't want to watch the NHL playoffs. So this like sports, politics, world events are just all nightmarish yeah. uh happenings around us. So therefore, uh let's talk about movies that will be awarded uh a year from now. This is a niche joke, but I have Grant Williams for Best Supporting Actor. Who do you have? That is the nichest of <laughs> jokes, and uh, I wouldn't be mad at it, actually, because if he got out of his lane and got in that lane, mm-hmm. that would be fun. Because, <laughs> It'd be good uh, for you and your He's sanity. acting like a superstar right now, uh, as you said. Uh, put it in my veins. Love the Celtics. They're the only thing keeping me from going apeshit on everyone, like I said. But yes, uh, good point. Let's not talk about what's going on in the real world, specifically and especially when it comes to politics, specifically and especially when it comes to Supreme Court decisions that are becoming down the pipeline in the not-too-distant future. And let's talk about uh, what's going on with these next year's Oscars picks. We've done the whole lead-up, right? We've done three episodes worth of previewing what movies are going to be coming out this year. We've had guests on like Swell and Andrew from the Nomcast talking about all different kinds of things. Movies we're worried about, movies we're excited for, movies that we think have Oscars potential, movies mm-hmm. that we think might be uh, disappointments sometimes in the future. And this is kind of the culmination of all of it. This is where we're going to go through the big six or big eight or big seven. We keep switching that number, but the biggest above the line Oscars categories. We're going to give you every single nominee that will come because these are 100% accurate, like we said. We're going to give you every single winner, even though Mike and I, I think in every category, have different picks. Don't worry, it's still going to happen somehow. And you're going to basically be able to make money if you follow this advice. And we're going to have some uh, betting odds at the end yeah. of the episode from the Duke of Bettingham himself, David Long, from uh, Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Go check yes. him out. And uh, thanks again to David for giving us uh, the odds that I cannot find on our American books anywhere uh, because I guess uh, I'm not as much of a mark as some other people around me. Uh, <laughs> I got to take shots at you where I can yeah. because you're way too happy about mm. basketball and it's yeah. just really bothering me. But uh, yes, these are 100% accurate. We've hit on some huge ones before, yeah, Michael. Have. From makeup and hairstyling, deep cuts to yeah. best director, all year round favorites that we slammed. Uh, I mean, for look for the record, I gotta boast again because I'm a Nick fan, by the way, <laughs> and I'm just wallowing right now that the Celtics are good. Uh, I gotta boast. I was twenty for twenty out of non short categories really? last year at the Oscars. So I mean, look at we have a track record of being a hundred percent right. We do. We we are a hundred percent right almost always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and and I think that's a statistical fact. You We're almost always 
A hundred percent right. Yeah. Thank and you. You can take that. That's fact. As well as us making you money is fact. This is not opinion. Uh, gonna try to have some fun with this episode. Let's ease into it. Let's talk about some recent updates that came out of CinemaCons, recent updates that come out of the world of film in general. Mike, what do we have as far as news goes? Yeah, Canterbury Glass is now entitled Amsterdam. I like that title more. Avatar 2 is entitled Avatar The Way of Water. If you had 100,000 guesses, <laughs> would you, you, you have guessed Avatar 2 being The Way of Water? If you paid me $100,000, would I care about watching this movie anymore? I don't know that the answer would be yes. Uh, we had Alejandro Gonzalez and Aritu's Bardo. That has now sold to Netflix, Michael. It's going to get a major uh, late-year release, both in theaters and, of course, on the streamer. And Netflix... Whether they updated these dates or I just didn't notice them before, I do see a lot of confirmations on Netflix films that we were wondering if they'd be out this year, including White Noise, The Wonder, The Pale Blue Eye, uh, the, the Good Nurse, Spaceman, Shirley, Rustin, Monkey Man, and Blonde. All of those are entitled 22 or late 22, like uh, Knives Out and therefore Bardo. Uh, but nothing about the Fincher one, right? The Killer or whatever that one was called? The, the Killer is, I think, in post-production. I know it's wrapped, so we'll see if he can get Okay. It I, well, that's. Time. I guess that's probably a good way to start. As I went into this, assuming that a couple big ones we talked about, Empire of the Sun or Empire of the Light, was it called the Olivia Coleman uh, Empire uh, of Light? Yeah, Empire of Light. Yeah, sorry. I went. I went into this assuming that was going to be not released this year. I assumed that uh, the Netflix one we just talked about, the Fincher one, isn't going to be released this year. So that's where my mind kind of was. Otherwise, don't worry, darling. Had a trailer that kind of sure did. The internet. <laughs> We had the Met Gala, which adds a lot of sure comedy did. to it. Really yep. funny stuff. Uh, as funny as, as things get in the world today. Uh, Emma Chamberlain in- won the Met Gala, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And here's, the, here's just a little nugget, but Park Chan-wook's decision to leave is sold to Mubi, which has a streaming service that I really enjoy, Mike. I like watching deep cut international films on Amazon. It's like five bucks a month extra yeah. or whatever. So it's really cool. And they're getting this exclusive play now, essentially for a decision to leave to have a brief theatrical run and then go right to movie so that's cool so i'll watch it on movie but i did take it off of my best picture list because i don't know that movie has necessarily the. i mean if amazon wants to throw their weight behind it they can but i you know i don't know that movie has the muscle to make an oscars push for that type of movie and who knows if that movie is even going to be i mean we read the premise on it and it sounds out there so who it's knows about- if that's going to be an oscar movie anyway a detective falling in love with a murder suspect revenge of the furries and then fighting uh, werewolves in a some kind of ring there. Uh, Hollywood just keeps making the same into movie a... over and over and over again. He stuck, stumbles into a bare-knuckle lycanthrope boxing ring <laughs> <laughs> on his hunt for the killer. And I know you're going to ask me the next logical question. Did Vince McMahon think of this angle already? The answer's probably, yeah. Did Vince McMahon buy Mubi? Did that just happen? <laughs> that'd be like the funniest thing. It'd almost be as funny as, oh, uh, never mind. We're not going to talk yeah. about big business either this episode. <laughs> no, let's avoid everything having to do with people who are actually doing things and making money. And I'm just angry at the world right now as I'm. Imagine most of our listeners are, but let's keep going. All right, craft convictions. We've done this in the past, like I've said. We picked some rando categories down the card, and I got some sneaking suspicions and gut feelings, Mike, I like and this. I know you got a bunch yourself. So let's let's talk about VFX for a minute. I'm going to make two bold predictions. Okay. Well, one is bold. The other one is not bold at all. Avatar 2 is going to be nominated for v- VFX, 
and uh, because of the way of water, because the water yeah. from these 3D uh, screenings, apparently the trailer is wowing people. All right, that's an easy one. Top I'm going, Gun. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little uh, yeah. off base there and say it's going to be a money loser. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I agree with you. It's going to be nominated in VFX. But Top Gun Maverick. That is not something people are talking about in terms of VFX. And because the stunts are so damn real, and because the dumbass category, like uh, the, the, you know, the, the Academy may not recognize it, and because maybe, I think, when you, when you add real-life practical stunts to the, uh, you know, or practical effects to what, what's actually happening, uh, and, and Tom Cruise just, you know, joyriding the whole sky. Being I, an actual superhero and flying through the air. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That movie looks awesome, Mike. That movie looks awesome. <sighs> Tell me that movie doesn't look awesome. How I many mean, times are you going to watch Top Gun before Top Gun Maverick comes out? Every day? Zero? I'm watching it every day. Is zero an option? Can I pick zero? <laughs> I don't, I have no care. And I'm just becoming so much more jaded than I was when we started this MMO thing. I could not care less about Avatar or Top Gun. Now, your, your pick for VFX for Top Gun makes a lot of sense. And I think it's smarter than my pick for a nominee in the category. Because when we, we studied the VFX category a couple years ago, and we were like, wait a minute. They gave a ton of depth to practical effect movies than they yeah. do computer uh, VFX movies. And Top Gun being what it is, and especially what we've seen in the previews and these extended looks and stuff, it looks like there is a lot of practical effects stuff. So I think that's a smart pick by you. Uh, I went in the completely opposite direction and I'm going to say that something that is heavily computer VFX is Good. going to be nominated. And I'm picking uh, Black Adam for that. And that's just, again, like I said in our preview series, has nothing to do other than my faith in The Rock. The Rock's not going to be in something that doesn't look amazing. Uh, his team's being very careful. He's like the most protected entity in Hollywood right now. The uh, com- well, I forget if it was last year's CinemaCon or this year's Comic-Con, but the panel for Black Adam, everything looked awesome. Yeah. And then Shazam's yeah. effects look great from two years ago. So, And we're well. due for a DC. I-, I don't think that there's been a DC movie nominated in the VFX category since The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. Yeah, that can't be true, can it? I look. I look back. I might have missed one, but I look back and I didn't see one. Well, that's that's a surprise. Uh, let's move on to costumes. I think we both kind of are circling the old Hollywood glorification mm-hmm. project Babylon with yep. all the white people, all yeah. of them. Yeah, uh, from Damien Chazelle there. At least La the La ones Land. that were free and not in Oppenheimer as well. But yeah, <laughs> that's right. So where are the memes with Babylon, Barbie, and Oppenheimer? I don't know, <laughs> but uh, costumes by Mary Zofrez. And uh, I am looking out for those. Yeah, I like Babylon as a pick. I think that's going to be a contender. A little out of the box. How about Blonde also, as far as uh, costume design goes? What costumes are they wearing if they're naked all the time? Well, that's a good good question. That's a good question. I don't have an answer for you yet. Maybe somebody's (laughs) in one of those T-shirts that has the naked body on them instead of actually being naked. (laughs) Jennifer Johnson is the credited designer on set for Blonde. She has a BAFTA nom on her resume already for this category for having to recreate looks in a biopic. Uh, for I, Tanya. Marilyn mm. Monroe obviously has a laundry list of potential looks that can be mimicked, never mind the period where for the men, when they are wearing clothes in this movie as well. Out of the box, I could see it happening. Uh, we'll move to cinematography. Uh, don't worry, darling, as much as you want to criticize that trailer, it is in such broad daylight and Stylish. beautifully, stylishly photographed by mm-hmm. Matthew Libatique, which I think might be the best name Maybe ever. Don't come at me for my criticism of Don't Worry. I've seen your picks. You've abandoned that movie. <laughs> the trail. Here, well, here's why. Here's why I've abandoned it. Because 
I think there's gonna be some sexual jealousy, just in, <laughs> just inflamed from the not just the swell analysis, which I totally agree with Amanda on all of that. I just think there's gonna be sexual jealousy, and Hollywood does not deal with their feelings well. They do not <laughs> deal with their feelings of envy and lust very, very maturely, <laughs> and therefore, don't worry, darling, is gonna get happily snubbed, and uh, it's gonna be a shame because it's probably better than people think. I, I, I'm excited to see it still but yeah that trailer was a lot do we need three separate harry styles florence Pugh sex scenes in one trailer i'm not the one to judge that history will be uh i could see don't worry darling being getting in an undercard nom for cinematography or for set design i again have such a hard time knowing where production design begins and cinematography ends and vice versa but along those lines Rick Heinrichs is the uh, set designer for Knives Out 2. Knives Out 1, I think, could have made a play to be nominated for production design. Rick Heinrichs has worked with Ryan Johnson before in what was the single most stylistic-looking Star Wars entry in history. I'm trying to find other adjectives, but they're not coming to mind right now. But Rick Heinrichs was the guy who did the set design for Episode 8. I could absolutely see Knives Out 2, which probably merited more than one. its one nomination for Knives Out 1 anyway. I could see Knives Out 2, even though it might not get to the screenplay nom again. It could carry a couple undercard noms if it's an enjoyable movie. Lord knows Netflix is invested enough in it, so... Maybe bank on that, as Heinrichs also has uh, a win on his resume already. He won for uh, Sleepy Hollow back in the day for production design. He was nominated for a series of unfortunate events. He was nominated for Pirates of the Caribbean, so the legacy is there. What if Sleepy Hollow is my favorite Tim Burton movie? What what if? Over Batman? It might uh, look at. I've re rewatched Sleepy Hollow a hundred thousand times. I love that movie. I love that. It's good. It's it's good. I I like it. Tim Burton. Yeah, he's hit or miss with me as well. Yeah. He really is. The yeah. storytelling isn't, I mean, it's just not my thing, but the, I just, I get immersed in that one. It is a good I really movie. do. I agree. I agree with you. All right. Uh, production design for me, I'm actually going to go with something that I have credibility on for once. Okay. Uh, because we've seen the, the Northman, Michael, and mm-hmm. we think Robert a- Eggers is a madman, and we think his entire team that he probably, you know, micromanages, <laughs> let's just be honest, <laughs> in terms of the production design, because he was a production designer for He's years. He's crazy. Uh, and he wants everything period specific, period mm-hmm. accurate. For the Viking era, uh, I just think that might play long term, and they might be able to mount a campaign that says, hey, remember when they created Vikingdom? in uh, Iceland and, you know, overseas there and all of these random, not random because it's obviously connected to the the gods there, but all these, you know, underground, whatever, uh, Burning Man tents. I think right right now, you know, that's something that should be a lock in the category, right? Should be. Knowing what we know about it and and regardless of how you felt about it, that's something that should be. Given serious consideration at this point in early May, at least, as far as the production design category goes. All right, good. So uh, we both have a pick for score. I'm going to go with Michael Abel's of Nope. Love I that. think we he was an MMO favorite mm-hmm. of ours for us. Uh, he's also the, the uh, composer of Get Out uh, for Jordan Peele. And yeah. sometimes Jordan Peele's inspired selections in terms of a soundtrack might overshadow his work, but his work is stellar. And I hope that he breaks through this third time. Third time's a charm for Michael Abels. Hope so. Love that. Would love to see it. We were big fans of his uh, with us and and and. 
that's I mean I think he's still credited on that remix of I Got Five on and that was one of our our song our uh, that was it. one of our big questions going back and forth that whole year was is this considered original score or not to, with that song or is it just the original soundtrack what what is it um, yeah but what if I just listen to it five hundred times I'm with mean? you I'm that with means- you. <laughs> That means we pick it. No, can't can't we just throw (laughs) rules aside? I mean, it's just like best achievement in music. I mean, the the title of the category, right? Some of these. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm all for it. They keep these things relatively open-ended almost all the time. At this point right now, if you want to tell me anarchy reigns, whether in this episode or to the world at large... I'm scholars game. scholars are having conniptions right now. All our scholarly <laughs> listeners who know that we go deep once in a while, but for for silly comedy mm. uh, that really just worth a, a slight chuckle. Yeah, we will just you know bend over backwards for it and yeah. throw all our principles aside always. Michael, you have one more pick for original song. This is a doozy. Also, I'm very serious about anarchy reigning. Uh, I, I I have two. Let me go back and forth. Let me get back to your point about our original score here. Oh, good. Hilda Guana the Tear, she's composing the score to both Women Talking and Tar this year. I think one of those is getting her nominated. I'm leaning towards Tar right now based mm, on the content of that movie alone. Wow. I would I would expect the other one. Uh, well, Tar is about, it's a music-based thing, so I'm, I would think the score is going to be very right, yeah, permeating no, right. throughout that. That's, that's a word, right? But will Joaquin Phoenix dance to it? <laughs> It's a, a question I have for every movie we see. That's that's fair. <laughs> um, as far as original song, a lot of people are on this already. Taylor Swift for original song. I hate to be boring, but if you watch the trailer for Where the Crawdads Sing, it is a billboard for Taylor Swift's song, Carolina. And it's mm. even given special men- mention in one of the title cards at the end of the trailer as well. I think that's gonna the reason that movie exists is probably because they got Taylor Swift to climb on board and give an original song for it. that movie has something like a, a sixty million dollar budget I was reading, so that's, really yeah that's I think Taylor Swift is going to be nominated for that July so that wow I didn't know they were banking on that but da- Daisy Edgar Jones has uh, impressed me over the last year so you never know uh, Michael that, those are some craft convictions that we have on the undercard let's let's talk about screenplays for maybe the first time ever yeah and I'll, I'll give some honorable mentions in my original category look i mean don't worry darling i do think you know swell confirmed it last episode that she's read the script she loves the script that's a possibility the woman king uh gina prince by bythewood mm-hmm. who's going to come back for me here in this episode uh maybe that script breaks through martin mcdonough's the banshees of Innis sharon mm-hmm. michael uh, he's been nominated previously, won Golden Globes there. Empire of Light, Sam Mendes, will it be out this year? Uh, Men from Alex Garland, uh, you're going to mention this next one. But then Decision to Leave, Park Chan-wook, if he brings that darn thing together with a werewolf fighting ring and a serial <laughs> killer, killer mystery, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, tr- triangle of sad- Sadness, we've seen one of the two screenplay categories go international almost every year now, and Ruben Ostland has has made some great movies that have won can like The Square, uh, and uh, he's just at the top of his game. Knives Out 2, Ryan Johnson was nominated last time. Uh, he, he made a uh, Knives Out movie. Cha-Cha Real Smooth, Cooper Rafe, I've already seen it. It's awesome. And then we have Till from Chinyonye, Chukwu, excuse me, Keith Bochamp, Michael uh, Riley, uh, as well as a bunch of other potential contenders with a puncher's chance michael jazzman's blues asteroid city blonde chevalier crimes of the future elvis of course elvis i want to dance with somebody etc etc 
What do you have in terms of your five nominees, please? Uh, so we'll get into the main ones. We're very similar, actually, in in terms of our nominees here. I think we have a lot of a lot of overlap in this category. And I really hate having to put the Fablemans and Babylon in my top five, but mm. I mean, you can't avoid it. Of course, everyone's going to have them in this category, and, and of course, they deserve to be talked about there. I mean. The Fablemans could just not come out at this point. I still think it'll get nominated in a category with how much hype it's already got behind it. And like that movie's going to have to be a monumental bust laugh fest, like a cat's level catastrophe to end up not being nominated in some categories. I think it's got that on its side. Um, The other three spots could get fun and could be full of volatility. They won't be, but they could be. (laughs) Give me Amsterdam. Uh, because I enjoy sinking with ships that I've already staked my claim to. Give me Bardo, because I'm boring. And my winner is going to be Disappointment Boulevard. That's who I have winning my original screenplay category, because if Ari Aster gets further away from horror and more into comedy and drama with this one, we could have an Oscars puzzle thing. We could have a he's already paid his dues narrative attached to it. We we could have a, this movie's good enough to be given best picture consideration, but we're going to give them the screenplay category instead because he's a first time nominee. I could see a lot of those things going this way. I have Disappointment Boulevard winning my category. You didn't have it nominated. What are your five? He's close for me. Obviously, I could see it because he's just that good. Mm-hmm. But I just worry about the the genre switch. I mean, we saw Robert Eggers, you know, get more money, and then you know, can he can he knock That's out? That's legit. Uh, can he can he can he get the job done in one of these uh, larger budgets? I don't know. Amsterdam, Babylon, Bardo, The Fablemans. I'm with you on those four, and I think I'm going with Rustin as a fifth from Dustin Lance Black, already nominated for Milk, or I think he won for Milk back in the day. I don't have anything in front of me, and I'm not an Oscar historian as I should be. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I thought he, I, I could swear he won back in the day. I'll but, look it uh, up. You keep going. We do have. Adapted screenplays now to talk about. And look, this one might be a little easier because we can talk about the prestige of the, you know, the books and the source material. So let's see if we can wrap our heads around those. We have Tony McNamara doing Poor Things, which is a novel for Yorgos Lanthimos there. Mm-hmm. The Whale, Samuel D. Hunter's play is being adapted into the Darren Aronofsky movie, as we talked about. And again, these are honorable mentions, sorry. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is a sequel. We have the uh, Andrew Kevin Walker 7 uh, reunion with uh, David Fincher, if that does come out this year. Mm-hmm. Noah Baumbach, maybe. Marcus and McFeely doing the gray man. You never know. They paid a lot of money. And it goes back to what we just said about the original category. A lot of those are $100 million properties. They paid a lot of money for these rights to make the movies. You never know there. They might, they might be based on really strong uh, literature, mm-hmm. uh, as one might say, that we don't read. Otherwise, The Wonder. The Wonder is an audiobook that I've almost listened to 100,000 times, but I haven't. Sebastian Lelio, uh, Alice Birch, The Good Nurse, Christy Wilson Cairns of 1917, and Last Night in Soho is adapting that one. We have Emancipation from Bill Collage. Uh, we have The Greatest Beer Run Ever, Peter Farrelly, Brian Hayes Curry, Pete Jones, The Green Book Crew there. It's so hard to keep out. 
Yeah, the bones and all from uh, Luca Guadagnino, David Kajganich, uh, Armageddon Time, James Cray talking about his child. Chi- whose childhood? I thought it was his childhood. Maybe not. I guess it's a book. Otherwise, Taiko Atiti's Next Goal Wins, Persuasion, The Pale Blue Eyes, My Policeman, Avatar 2, all in the mix here for adapted screenplay. Did you find out if I'm crazy about Dustin Lance Black, though? Good job buying time. And yes, Dustin Lance Black did win the original screenplay category for Milk there. I am not as crazy as sometimes i think michael <laughs> i got she said she said this is going to be rebecca lankiewicz of yep. ida ida uh the sun florian zeller and christopher hampton white noise as i mentioned earlier uh if noah Baumbach at the peak of his powers makes this story work i'm done he's with gonna it. get nominated I'm done with it i'm done with all of it <laughs> the hitler professor starring yeah. adam driver who we're all mad at again <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon and Women Talking are my other two somewhat obvious nominees. I'm not really going out on a limb with my five picks. Yeah, again, we we have a very high crossover. I agree with you. I had Killers of the Flower Moon. I had Women Talking. Uh, I had She Said. I My other two picks, I picked Shirley, uh, which I'm not sure if that's going to be Good. adapted or original. I mean, I know it's based on the life of Shirley Chisholm. I don't know if that's going to be an adaptation. It might be an original screenplay in the in the vein of Milk as well, and if it is, I apologize there, but uh, John Ridley is the credited writer there. He's already won the adapted category once for 12 years, a slave. Good. Uh, the Sun, I was thinking about, but I if I couldn't put Knives Out 2 in original because of the you know mountain that it has to climb in order to overcome get nominated again being a yeah. sequel for once nominated movie i thought it was only fair to keep the sun out for the same reason because of what how successful the father was and what does it mean what's going to be the marker of success for florian zeller there so i kept the sun out and i put uh stars at noon the Claire Denis, which is going to be having its debut uh, over here at Cannes, just because of the, the name attached to it. I mean, it's Margaret Qualley. It's John C. Riley. It's it's about the, the synopsis on IMDb. A mysterious English businessman and a headstrong American journalist strike up a romance as they soon become embroiled in a dangerous labyrinth of lies and conspiracies and are forced to try and escape the country. Drama, romance, thriller. Yeah, sure. Mark me down for it. So we both have She Said, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Women Talking. I have The Sun and White Noise. You have Stars at Noon and Shirley. I think we're both going to similar projects that are going to kind of duke it out the rest of the episode in many ways. Yeah. I have Women Talking, uh, Sarah Polly. And it was a tough pick because Eric Roth's Killer of the Flower, Killers of the Flower Moon, after getting nominated for, for Dune, Eric Roth has got a lot of cachet right now. But uh, I am going to go with Sarah Polly uh, for Women Talking. So a lot of these categories, the favorite hasn't been wire to wire. I mean, Nomadland was wire to wire. And I know it was Best Picture and a couple other categories as well. But that was also a weird COVID year. Hmm. But look at what, what just happened this year. The wire to wire favorites, Belfast, it ends up winning screenplay. It doesn't end up winning as many categories as it thought. A couple years ago, 1917, or you could even say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the wire to wire to favorite. It ends up faltering at the end. I don't know, like... The Fablemans has a lot behind it. Killers of the Flower Moon is going to have a lot behind it, but they're going to have to not stumble at the end here, as we've seen kind of happen recently. I went with She Said as my winner here because I think that has the type of momentum already. People are already excited to see it. It has the release date coming out in late November, or mid-November, mm. I should say, late in the year anyway, late in the calendar. And it's got the content where I've already talked about in a previous episode. If that hits the right tenor with Hollywood that it could. I mean, it's about yeah. the story of Harvey Weinstein and the, the journalistic background that went to that expose being written. Man, that could do really well. So I have She Said winning the adapted screenplay category. 
I can see it. I can see it as well. Uh, so, yeah, screenplays are going to be fascinating to follow uh, down down the line here. Let's uh, take a bit of a jaunt into animated feature now. This is something that kind of uh, comes together earlier in many years. Yep. And I don't know if this year's quite so much, but uh, we do have a field. We have Turning Red, which I've already given a rave, rave review. We got Lightyear coming out soon. Lyle Lyle Crocodile has just been confirmed by uh, Sony to come out in the fall. We, we got conf- confirmations from Netflix on a December release for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio that's mm-hmm. going to scare the shit out of your kids. It's going to be terrifying. Don't we take your o- kids to that. We got an October Don't Halloween. Don't go to that. <laughs> it's going to terrify but go, you. But go to this one. Wendell and Wild from Key and Peele. Yeah. This is confirmed with an October release that's that's looking uh, like a lot of fun for all of us, never mind your kids. Uh, actually, yeah, don't, leave the kids at home and just go yourselves. Uh, and then watch it at Netflix. <laughs> They're Netflix old enough to well. watch themselves these days anyway. The House, Apollo 10 and a half, all on Netflix already. Luck, the bad guy's just been winning the box office. The Bob's Burger movie, Charlotte. DC League of Super Pets, I keep laughing my ass off at that stupid my god that's a funny trailer escape from hat don't ask me what that was again i looked it up (laughs) ask me sir (laughs) high in the clouds okay you know all right minions the rise of Gru. amanda's uh favorite there yep we have puss in boots 2 my father's dragon which andrew morgan picked and then strange world which is going to be a disney movie that's got a uh like an explorers of the African savanna type premise, I would say. Michael, yeah. uh, we both have Lightyear. We both have Turning Red. We both have Pinocchio. And then we diverge. Who else you got? Escape from Hat. <laughs> it's a great name. Don't care what the movie's about. Great name. It's about a rabbit and a person, I think, or a kid who gets stuck in a magician's hat and they have to find their way home. That's adorable. God damn it. <laughs> It's adorable. I think it's DreamWorks. I'm I'm spouting off the top of my head now. I'm not exactly sure. No, I think it's Netflix, actually. It doesn't matter. Escape from Hat. It's genius. It's going to be nominated. As far as the last entry here, my fifth nominee, I, I don't know if Wildwood is coming out in 2022. If it does... That's Leica Studios. When Leica puts out a movie, they get nominated in the animated feature category. So that's going to be my pick. But if Wildwood doesn't come out, I'm going to default to Puss in Boots 2 because it has basically the exact same team behind it as Puss in Boots 1 did, and that was Oscar nominated. All right. That's interesting. I'm going to go with uh, Luck because Andrew Morgan sold me on it. Uh, and he's adorable. been kind of focused on this category for a while with his Netflix studies. And therefore, I'm also going to go with My Father's Dragon. So even though Luck is not a remake of Darby O'Gill and the Little People, it's got a <laughs> Kung Fu Panda, major Pixar, talent drain, creative uh, crew there mm-hmm. uh, that have been taken from Pixar, that is. If I, I, can't, I, I, stopped, I lost the ability to speak halfway through this episode. I apologize. Good. You're rattled by how great my picks are. I know what's happening. I'm rattled by your picks. That's always what happens. Good. I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, Pinocchio is going to be my pick for the winner, though, Michael. Guillermo del Toro has been working on this thing forever. If he freaks us all the hell out, that might work on an Academy branch, actually. Uh, I want to go with Turning Red. I want to go with Lightyear, but I'm going with Pinocchio uh, as as an upset here. Woody and Buzz win Oscars until somebody can beat them. I'm going with Lightyear. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, supporting actress. We have quite the field, 
And I, I look, I mean, we can list off actresses till we're blue in the face. A bunch of these movies have so many people in them. Like Babylon has uh, Wild Weaving, Smart Waterston, you know, the Fablemans, Michelle Williams and, and, and Julia Butters. We have, uh, I mean, good God, Amsterdam has Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Saldana, Andrea Riesboro. We can list off actresses throughout for the next hour and not get them all but I, I would say michelle williams of the fablemans patricia clarkson she said gene smart of babylon neam algar of the wonder she's she was bafta nominated two years ago mm-hmm. stephanie hsu excuse me uh, everything everywhere all at once i thought she was terrific in that I, i'm unfortunately thinking she's going to get you know boxed out at the end of the day early but she release should date, be there yeah. Jody Turner, Turner Smith has been doing some great work over the last five years. She is going to be in White Noise. Audra McDonald's been great in the the Gilded Age no, that I've been watching, and she's going to be in Rust. And she is like a f- always nominated Tony winning actress, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 she's terrific. Uh, otherwise, Tanto Cardinal of Killers of the Flower Moon. We're going to have Killers of the Flower Moon probably surprise us with who gets nominated at the end of the day. That's going to be an early prediction. Uh, any other honorable mentions for you, Michael, or you want to give us your noms? The only thing I will say about supporting versus lead, and one, I think the actress categories this year are yeah. amazing. I mean, both races are going to be loaded with names we're not familiar with, names who are legacy people, names who are just at the t- A-listers of A-listers right now. I think we're in for quite the treat this year with both actress categories, for one. For two, even though we are 100% accurate in these predictions, because we're doing them so early, it's tough to parse through what, what's a lead and what's supporting. Michelle Williams, I treat it as a lead actor. A lead actress, I should say, for the Fablemans right now. I had her Could in this be. category, and then I did a little research. I think, well, she is kind of the first name listed on IMDb and on Wikipedia and a couple other things, so maybe she's going to be the lead. So, like, half of this is a guessing game, obviously, uh, doing half. it this early. Only right. Half. But then that's why we, we can focus on the half. Right. And we can push that aside, and we can just get our certainty on the other right. half. I agree. So yeah. in, in that vein, with half of it being guessing and the other half being certainty, Margot Robbie for something is going to be I don't know if it's Babylon I don't know if it's Amsterdam I don't know what movie it's going to be but Margot Robbie is going to be nominated in this category for me yeah we actually have vastly different picks on this one yeah we do that's fascinating I'll I'll say Laura Dern for the sun because that's going to be a huge supporting role my guess is and Olivia Coleman just got nominated for Christopher Hampton Florian Zeller's script so Laura Dern even though she won it a couple years ago, again here, kind of undeniable perhaps. Then I was wondering about Lashana Lynch or Tussaud Mbedu, and she won uh, the, the Indie Spirit for Underground Railroad. She's been getting nominated throughout the uh, television scope. So I just, I, I believe in her talent and might be undeniable in that regard. Michael, who's your second pick? I love that Mbidu pick. I was thinking Lashana Lynch From the as Woman well. King, by the way. Yep. Sorry. And and yep. I went I went Jamie Lawson, and I'm splitting the difference here as well. I'm just kind of hedging my bet because Jamie Lawson plays a supporting role in both Till and the Woman King. Hmm. I don't know which to pick her for. I guess I'll go Till right now, but I'll pick Jamie Lawson. And I'm going to go with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I saw Hill. you pick that, and I got so annoyed because that's such a smart pick. I just think the Academy wants to honor her again. She's been doing so much good work in the world, never mind uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what, she, she's still a star whenever mm-hmm. she gets a chance. We've wanted her to host the Oscars again for since 
She last hosted the Oscars. And I just think, like, if she knocks that out of the park, this might be a... Uh, this might be a, a, a triumphant return to the screen for Whoopi Goldberg there. I think it's going to be a, a, obviously the most serious movie of yeah. the year. Uh, hugely emotional content uh, about Emma Till, and she she could crush that. Michael, who you got next? I'm the only one paying deference to Don't Worry Darling in this episode and saying it'll be Oscar nominated <laughs> for at least one slot. I have Olivia Wilde. I look, there has been such an industry hubbub about her with this movie that I think she's going to get some kind of recognition for it. And what if everybody's jealous of her and Harry Styles, though, that's my I keep coming. I back mean, it could that. be, it could very well be, but she's she's one of the I, mean, I, I don't know if she's a producer, but she's the director, she's at the she's a credited writer, she's obviously in the movie. And I mean, the, the look of her is quite stunning in the trailer, mm. and she's also in Babylon. So I can hedge my bets again. <laughs> you are hedging like a fiend here. Uh, it's almost like you've done this before. Somebody, I'll, I'll start. I'll I'll follow you for once. Somebody from Women Talking there is going to get nominated. Yeah. Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, three just huge name actresses, and alongside Frances McDormand in Women Talking for Sarah Polly. Somebody's getting nominated. I'm going to say Rooney Mara. She might be more due than the other. The others, but uh, I, I somebody's getting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't pick anyone from Women Talking for that reason, because I don't know who to pick, and it seems so obvious that one of them's going to be there, so my apologies to the entire cast. I agree with you. I would I expect somebody to get nominated in this category from that movie just because that cast is so loaded. Um, I, I went in a similar vein as far as an industry veteran who's been Oscar-nominated before but might be time to, to be there again and could be playing a very prominent role from She Said, Patricia Clarkson. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, she's going to be maybe in the uh, Jason Robards role in that movie. So that's been previously awarded back in 1976, All the President's Men. Yeah. So if she's running the paper, if she's like the elder statesman mm-hmm. there, I, I would love that, the mentor hero kind of role. So uh, she's she's due in that regard. I'm going to go with a uh, just want and desire for, for an Oscar winner here and say Parker Posey is going to get nominated and is going to win for Disappointment Boulevard. Like Ari Aster's weird-ass Joaquin Phoenix in a bathrobe movie. Uh, that, that's the only still we have right now. Is it horror? Is it more comedy drama? Is it horror, comedy, drama, business world? Mm. Mm. I don't know. Question All I know mark. is I was right about my hereditary theory about Ari Aster's work, and therefore I'm doubling down, tripling down. Parker Posey's also someone from MMO Screams that we've recently loved. Yeah. I've loved her whole career. You never know. I like that. I like or that I pick do a know. lot. I do know. You do know. She's gonna We're win. 100% accurate. Right. Uh, I like that pick a lot. I'm going to pick Anya Taylor-Joy's just resurgence, renaissance, whatever it is, star-making explosion voyage keeps going on for her role in Amsterdam. I have her as my winner uh, for this category as well. So just recap, who are your five, Mike? So I have Laura Dern, Tussaud Mbedu, uh, Parker Posey, Whoopi Goldberg, and Rooney Mara, and Parker Posey's going to win, my God. That'd be I a fun, can't wait. That'd be a fun field. Uh, Margot Robbie, Jamie Lawson, Olivia Wilde, Patricia Clarkson, and Anya Taylor-Joy, the winner for me. Let's go on to supporting actor, Michael. Chris Rock is in two movies, Amsterdam 
and uh, Rustin. He's going to win this category, isn't he? Those casts are loaded. <laughs> he might just win regardless, <laughs> but we'll get there. Robert De Niro, Rami Malek, Michael Shannon, all in Amsterdam. Jeffrey Wright, Glenn Turman, Michael Potts, all in Rustin. I mean, again, we could be listing actors till we're blue in the face. Paul Dano is going to be in The Fablemans. Uh, we got Seth Rogen with him. We got Chris Pine and Don't Worry Darling next to, you know, our favorite Nick Kroll, et cetera, et cetera. We have... I mean, there's so many people that uh, I want to mention in terms of uh, White Noise, Don Cheadle, Andre Benjamin, Alessandro Nivola, The Wonder, Kieran Hines, Tom Burke, Toby, Toby Jones. And then we got Killers of the Flower Moon with a huge cast as well. De Niro, Plemons, Fraser, Lithgow, Sturgill Simpson, for mm-hmm. Christ's sake. He's actually one of the few country music singers that I do like. Michael, any honorable mentions for you here in Supporting Actor? No, only because, look, I, I feel like a I'm huge not, list. You well, can't I'm not, pick yeah, out any, uh, well, no, any no, honorable here's, mention. Here's where, I, here's where I land. Like, I feel like Babylon and, and Killers of the Flower Moon, those three big movies, Babylon, Killers of the Flower Moon, Amsterdam, are such cheat codes. Like, yeah, my honorable mention is the entire cast of all of those movies because mm. they're so loaded with stars, right? Like mm. picking one from any of those, which I've done, and I did in supporting actress as well, and I think I do it in the lead categories as well. Like, we could be completely wrong. <laughs> There's so much volatility to have in those three ensemble movies because everybody who is an actor who has ever made a headline is involved in them. So yeah, my honorable mentions are whoever I didn't pick. Jared Carmichael, Willem Dafoe, Christopher Abbott, Rami Yusuf, and four things. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I, I can't disagree with you in that regard. I'm a little upset that you won't honorably mention more of these lists, <laughs> listed uh, people that it took me seven. Joel Edgerton, 13 Lives, was an honorable mention because I wanted to have him in, but I'm sticking by my thing of Ron Howard losing his fastball. So there's my honorable mention. Does that make you happy? All right, I'm happy. Michael, Chris Rock's going to win an Oscar the year after he gets slapped at the Oscars? I mean, tell me, tell me you can't see that happening. I could totally see it. Of course you can see it happening. That's the most Academy response ever, right? I think that's in stone right now. If we held the Oscars tomorrow, I think that'd be the most likely betting thing, betting favorite thing to happen. I, I, I have to like, what, what odds would scare you away above what for him to win for him to win minus 500. I wouldn't touch it. If I had to pay $5 to get $1 of profit, I'd think about it. But otherwise, right now, I mean, knowing what we know about these movies and sight unseen, and especially the fact that Chris Rock is in two very Oscar prominently featured, or at least talked about and hyped up movies in both Rustin and Amsterdam, and he's featured highly on both cast lists on IMDb, he's going to play a prominent role, I would think, in one of them. I, I mean, the he's... Turned his star lately. I mean, the the Fargo uh, role, he's become more serious in a couple of uh, more things. He's become more serious behind the scenes and wanting to be a more of a, a producer and a hands-on director-producer role. Uh, I'm talking about Jigsaw there. So he's, he's a guy that wants 
this kind of recognition on top of what happened at this past year's Oscars ceremony. He saved the Oscars. Yeah. He I, saved the Oscars. He could just go it's gonna and happen. just do, like, put his hand over, under his armpit and do, like, fart noises for <laughs> five minutes. He could be like, like I said about Glenn Close a while back, because she, she could be somebody's neighbor and stub her toe and really convincingly make us think mm-hmm. that she stubbed her, her toe and she could win at that point. And that Chris Rock could probably do that. He could just wince. He stubbed his toe yeah. and he wins. And, I mean, look, he's still riding that wave, too. Look at what happened last night. We recorded this May 4th. Dave, Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl last night. Who made it all okay? Who made the best joke after the fact? Chris Rock comes out on stage. Was that Will Smith? <laughs> Hilarious. Tore the house down. All right. So who's playing for second, then? I have Jeffrey Wright of, I believe it's Rustin. He's in everything lately. Yeah, Yes, Jeffrey Wright and Rustin. He's been knocking on the door for me four years. The French Dispatch, he was tremendous in last year. I really wanted him involved. John Boyega is in a lot of things this year. 892, he was awesome in at Sundance. I think he's reaching just this... Uh, this zone right now and he's going to be in the woman king is it the antagonist playing opposite viola davis that rolls that that kind of roles typically juicy and irresistible for academy members not to vote for we have jesse plemons which might be category fraud from killers of the flower moon mm-hmm. after we've heard their report from variety that leo's getting lead and jesse plemons is probably going support Leo's unrecognizable in that role i've read I've heard that yeah. from somewhere. I can't. Will can't that joke ever die? No, not for me. And, and then <laughs> Ki Hai Kwan from Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I, he's just so good in that damn movie. I love him. I always loved him. I need him to get nominated. I need this to have legs, this movie, in this category. Give this man his comeback narrative and have it go all the way uh if he doesn't win it i'll uh, he won't win it because chris rock is winning it but if he doesn't get nominated i'm gonna be upset that's gonna be an interesting narrative to follow all year long too because that movie has held its hype for a few weeks here but it obviously is very early in the calendar with just the beginning of may and all these giant pictures coming up that feature everybody who has a sag card uh so we're gonna see how that plays out i like those picks uh alongside chris rock for me I have Don Cheadle from White Noise because I figure mm-hmm. I had to do something from a bomb back movie and just give it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pick Adam Driver again. So Don Cheadle. Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm picking Lithgow because I want to see Lithgow nominated. And maybe it's because I'm obsessed with his uh, season four Dexter appearance still years later, still. a decade later. <laughs> but you I mentioned that a lot. I, it's the it's one of the single greatest seasons of television ever written. And it's because it of his good. acting. Yes, it was. Uh, John David Washington. I don't know if anyone has seen that that one picture thus far that's come out from Amsterdam, but it's him, Margot Robbie, and Christian Bale featured prominently. I'm pretty sure JDW has an eye patch. That's good enough for me. Or maybe it's Christian Bale who has the eye patch. I'm doing it off Christian, the top of my head. Yeah, Christian okay. Bale, I think it's the eye patch. Whatever. But if he is remarking upon the eye patch. <laughs> right. That's good enough for an Oscar nom, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the limp uh, in the eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> and a little off the base here, Michael Fassbender for Next Goal Wins. I want a Next Goal Wins to make an appearance here somewhere. I would have felt bad just doing it for adapted screenplay again since Taika Waititi just won that category. So mm. uh, Fassbender playing the role he is. I think he's... Is he the coach in that movie? He's the coach. So yeah. he's going to be very animated yeah. as, as a coach. So that so. makes sense to me. All right. Well, that is supporting actor. Again, we are very different. We both had Chris Rock, but I had Jeffrey Wright, Boyega, Plemons, and Quan. You had Cheadle, 
John David Washington, Lithgow, and Fassbender. We'll move on to lead actor, where again, thanks to the Duke of Bettingham, we have odds here, Michael. And these are some fascinating odds, because a lot of these actors have not won before. And I did a stat on that. Only 10 of the last 50 lead actor Oscar winners were repeat acting Oscar winners. We had a couple that were either a producing winner or an honorary go figure. Uh, There was twice in a row, like Paul Newman had an honorary Oscar and then he won the real Oscar the next year. That happened a couple times in the eighties there. Otherwise 40 out of the last 50 Oscar winners have been first timer, first timers. That's eight, at least first time uh, acting Oscar winners. So that's 80%. So Michael, please read some of these odds and what, what, which ones stick to, stick out to you here from Hugh Brady. Jackman gives me PTSD at four to one I know I, I don't want to reveal too much I know you picked him in your five uh but the front runner didn't we just live this oh we did just live this but this is in a Christopher Hampton movie oh but the last one was in a the guy who did Juno movie right. and up in the air yeah oh, who, why am I forgetting Reitman. his name Reitman Jason thank Reitman. you um yeah so that's that's a, I mean I get it John Valjean you want to pick him I understand that I, I, again, I just have PTSD from it. That strikes me. Uh, Brendan Fraser being that low, five to one. Uh, again, I know the whale speaks to me more for an Oscar movie than it does to you. I, I kind of understand. I'm curious to know your thoughts at seeing Brendan Fraser at th- that low of odds. I'm a little rattled. I'm not going to lie because that must mean it's a juicy role for mm. him, uh, and it and it might be more Oscar grab. Not not even Oscar grab. It might just be more attractive than we think in terms of uh the role because people know it with from the source material jesse Plemons seven to one is is he gonna be lead or is Ca- dicaprio gonna be lead i'm so confused coleman domingo nine to one again those uh, uh, and adam driver ten to one those are five five you know w- would be first timers mm-hmm. right off the top here from from vegas and and london there Mike. if i were to tell you harry styles had the same odds as vigo mortensen in the lead actor category what would you tell me I would tell you that people are also scared of the David Cronenberg movie like me. I would feel a little fair, better about it. Fair answer. Fair answer. I would also say that the Dunkirk role has not uh, led people astray. But we have like Bale, Cage, Gosling, Farrell, Mortensen, Chalamet, former you know nominees or winners. We got Pitt. They're all under 20 to 1. Hopkins under 20 to 1. All right, DiCaprio's at 25 to 1? Phoenix, 33 well, to 1? I've heard DiCaprio is so unrecognizable that all his scenes, they just give credit to Jesse Plemons? They might give credit so, to Jesse Plemons. Yeah. He does have the crew cut, right. almost like I'm guessing. He's wearing a sweater, you see, so you can't tell that it's Leo. That's right. Does he have prosthetics? Um, no, no, he's just that good of an actor, that unrecognizable. He changed his bone structure? <laughs> Just willed it? Um, He's really unrecognizable. Joaquin Phoenix at 33 to 1 uh, is a little scary to me. I get it, I guess. I wouldn't put him at beyond 30 to 1. I would think 20 to 1 might be a more... I mean, I get that he just won, but it's still an Ari Aster movie. It's still supposedly all about Joaquin Phoenix's character. A little out there for me. What's Gosling from? The Gray Man? 14 to 1? Colin Farrell's interesting for... If he is a lead... Uh, in the Banshees of Innis Sharon. Mm. I mean, he's done great work yep. for McDonough before. True. That's Good that's point. intriguing to me. Uh, I don't know how many uh, fat suit bumps he's going to get in terms of the Academy, but 
that's that's intriguing. Bill Nye of uh, Living was a movie in Sundance that I loved. He's twenty to one. That's I think they're just placating me. They're trying to steal my money on that one, Mike. Well, probably, and also they. Uh, I mean, I think there's a bit of recency bias. They're trying to steal everyone's money because Skarsgård at eighteen to one. That's you know he's not going to yeah, be nominated for the that's role. the recent we we've we've confirmed this right in the past so Nicolas Cage at twelve to one I mean I loved him in the unbearable weight of massive talent he was really really funny much funnier than I remember Nicolas Cage ever being mm. uh, and it's all just like <laughs> making fun real of good? himself. God darn it. I love that scene. I just had fun. Can, can I, everybody leave me alone? I had fun. Everybody's like, no, it's not that good. And no, it's not that good, but it's fun. Okay, I, was, I was just determined to like that. I was like, listen, I'm going to like this movie. I'm seeing it at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. I got my bacon, egg, and cheese. I, I drank my coffee. I went to the movie, and I enjoyed it. Good. Good for you. Good for you. Nicholas Cage, twelve. My paying twelve to one though, uh, almost. I they almost got me on yeah. this one. Uh, we have similar lineups here, somewhat. We we both have Brad Pitt from Babylon. We both have mm-hmm. Leo from Killers of the Flower Moon. Despite the, is he a lead? Is he a supporting? Can you even tell that he's in their movie because he's that unrecognizable? You know, it would be cool if they acted in a movie together. They really need to do that. Like, this has just been overdue for years, decades. Uh, we would do a series on it. We would, uh, I mean, I just, I need this to happen. Better than Parasite. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Parasite, Mike, you have uh, Song Kang Ho. I think he's acting the hell out of that trailer for Broker. Hirokazu Kurita, if I had to pick one international film that might get in, that he somehow made this adorable trailer about a horrible subject. Mm. And and it's carried by Song Kang-ho, who was knocking on the door that last time with Parasite. So this man can act. He's been in every awesome South Korean movie basically ever. And just nominate him, please. I love that pick. Out of principle, I couldn't do it. Well, your principles <laughs> tie you down like Jacob Marley chains. Yet they again. really do. <laughs> they really do. And I don't care. I'll go down with the... Hollywood deserves to win! <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who else you got here? I do have Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, mm-hmm. I have him... God, I wanted to pick him to win. I didn't pick him to win. Uh, Joaquin is my fifth disappointment Boulevard. I don't have him winning, but I do have him nominated. We have the same winner though, Mike. Coleman Domingo from Rustin. He is in that one still going off, but more importantly, he's been going off in movie after movie. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the MVP, the low key MVP of Ma Rainey's. Uh, I didn't necessarily love his Zola performance, but upon rewatch, he's I great. liked it much yeah, more. He's great in that. So he he just convinced me all, all the more there. He's he's done that. I hosted the after party Oscars thing as well. Mm-hmm. I think people love him. They like. I can't see him not getting nominated for this unless it's a total flop. Agree, really. So like, he's gonna be a nominee. And again, I agree with Vegas. Like Vegas is right on here. We didn't get these. Like we like I tweeted out that we prepared this episode well before uh David Long messaged us and say, Hey, hey, um, I got some odds for you guys. <laughs> you guys want some odds? <laughs> he, did, he did say that. He's like, I hear you're doing an episode and I wanna hear you talk like about a fucking drug dealer. Yes, of course we want the odds, Dave. <laughs> yes, give me the odds. 
<laughs> so thank you, David. Yes, of and uh, but no, I like. I, Nobody will believe us anyway, but we had Coleman Domingo here regardless, and Coleman Domingo's going to win for us. I will say that Hugh Jackman in the sun is giving me pause there, but uh, yeah, but I mean, other than... So are you worried at all? You're heavy on the sun. Are you worried at all about it being... Like, Noncast Andrew told us, and it makes a lot of sense, Knives Out 2 has such a high mountain to climb, because what's going to be a success for Knives Out 2 considering how successful Knives Out 1 was? Are you not worried about the same logic applying to the sun? Because you haven't nominated a couple times. As yet. Oscar pundits, like if you if you apply that logic to every move, like nobody would ever win. All the winners we've ever seen in Oscars history have been like, all right, they got nominated for this, they get nominated for that a, a couple years later, and they win maybe a. a but this is award. a direct sequel. But this is this is how the Academy works. They make you pay your, your dues if you're a filmmaker year after year after year, and eventually one of your movies breaks through and wins everything. Is what I'm trying to say. Like it takes it takes an Academy resume in many case in most cases. Let's just be honest. I'm not satisfied by that answer. We can move on for the sake of the show, but I'm going to come back to that at some point and hold you well, to it. Yeah, I, well, I just think it's, you know, the mo- the most generalized generalization I've probably given on this show, <laughs> and therefore, of course you can poke holes in it, but I do, like, I just can't buy that theory because there's so many other I'm, examples. I'm, my, like, my, how many times was Leonardo DiCaprio nominated? Right, but that's that's he, what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to make that point. I'm saying that The Father is an Oscar-winning movie already. How, yeah. and, and this is a direct sequel to that by the same behind-the-scenes crew and you're it's a, you're basically picking it to be nominated for basically the same uh categories no i uh i can't i can't deny the gift that i have or the senses <laughs> that are and the antennas that are up and and speaking to me i okay. just what do you want from me all right what do you want that this you just made my argument like the fact that it, there's precedent there's precedent for these nominations at the very least. And it's for another guy who is just, everybody's dying to award him. They're, they're all dying for him to host the Oscars. Can I, can I like, let you in on something? Can I let you in mm-hmm. on something? This is Andrew Garfield. I just don't like Hugh Jackman all that much. How many picks have I made in this episode that I'm realizing now are people that I want to host the award show? Oh, good point. Fair. That's how, like Whoopi Goldberg, Coleman Domingo, Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. host point. the Oscars, and therefore I will nominate you in my fake <laughs> nominations today you move on to lead actress i think this category is going to be a joke with how loaded it is oh my god there's too many honorable mentions to really so let's just dive yeah. in let's dive in here because i have i have so many that i want to mention but let's dive into the odds kate blanchett and it's blanchett because she's texan somebody told me it was it's blanchett it's not blanchett Basinger. Did you hear this? Basinger. She's five to one, along with Michelle Yeoh, which you worry about being recency yep. bias. Naomi Aki of uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Viola Davis of The Woman King, both six to one. Margot Robbie, seven and a half to one there. Uh, which movie <laughs> is it? It's not smart. Barbie. It's smart. <laughs> Amsterdam. Uh, Carrie Mulligan from She Said, nine to one. You've basically guaranteed her nomination. The ten to one. The ten to one lure of Florence Pugh. God, the Mike and the Davids love to bet that ten to one. Mm. Danielle Deadweiler of Till, 
Mm-hmm. I, I, this is not on my radar. So Vegas has her at ten to one, and we did, again just making us think that Till is more of a player than than uh, a yeah, lot of the pundits I, are giving I, I credit for. It. Uh, again, at ten to one, Michelle Williams here in the lead category, like you said for the Fablemans, twelve to one. Emma Thompson, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Is that? The uh, recency bias, perhaps fourteen to one. Laura Dern from the Sun is she going to be the lead? Can I still be right somehow mm-hmm. if I picked her in the wrong category? Greta Gerwig from White Noise in her husband's film. Uh, Tilda Swinton in every other movie that we've mentioned so far. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Uh, Sadie Sink, Anna De Armas, Dakota Johnson in seventeen movies. Regina King at a twenty to one, a very alluring twenty to one. That's speaking for to me. Uh, we we also have Jennifer Lawrence at twenty to one. What's she in this year? My God, this is what I should have written down. Written or written, one of those two. Is is are they giving her credit for that red, white, and uh, blue movie? Oh, red, white, and, and water. Yeah, red, white, movie. and water. Is that what they're trying to do? Have to has to be has to be. Uh, Margot Robbie's going to be in Blonde and Amsterdam. By the way, all right. I'm just going to go into some some of my picks here. Let's go Carrie Mulligan first and foremost because I agree with you. Yeah. she's got to be here. She said again. I, it's very Oscar-y to me. I think Viola Davis is terrifying in her majesty in that trailer. And I think this movie might be more of a player than we think, even though it's the end of September. My brother Schmave is very uh, intrigued by that movie as he's a history teacher and knows a lot about uh, that tribe, I guess, and, and what they, wow. uh, that, that whole kingdom that was. Gina Prince-Bythewood can really do action. She's done a great job with Charlize Theron properties. Uh, what was that last one that she did for Netflix? Again, I got to go off script and, and just say, what was that movie I saw with that actress? I know what Michael? you're talking about, and I can't. It's not a Turning into yeah. Yeah. both our parents, yeah. uh, the progressive commercials. That's me. Uh, Emma Thompson, er, Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, the Emmas. I'm going to go with Lily Gladstone of Killers of the Flower Moon. And Francis McDormand of Women Talking as just two, again, undeniables. Uh, and then, like, you can make an argument for so many people here. Vanessa Kirby, I was close to picking her. Same. I'm going to say Michelle Yeoh does go the different oh, the wow. distance. She is that good in that movie. And I'm, I'm snubbing Florence Pugh because of Hollywood's sexual jealousy, even though I picked her two years ago. Uh, who do you got? <laughs> You're blaming Hollywood sexual jealousy. I love. But look at Lily Gladstone was really good in certain women. Uh, she's been really good in a lot of bit parts, and she's going to get a featured role here in uh, in Killers of the Flower Moon. I just think that there's going to be low key uh, stars coming out of that movie. I think it's going to be huge, I just, huge yeah, canvas. I just want these movies to live up to their potential. Like mm. I, I, I get so excited. The reason I had such trouble with these is because I feel like all these movies sound like Oscar type fodder so i hope they all live up to what they could be um as far as my picks i did go with emma stone uh, just based on history when she works with yorgos she gets oscar nominated right that's we've, wow. we've seen that once so that's good enough for me i do have viola davis for the woman king mm. i think surely surely until might be the two movies to me that i'm like why aren't more people talking about these as oscar nominated things right regina king's the lead in shirley i have her nominated for lead actress i do have carrie mulligan as well I think Michelle Williams is going to win for the Fablemans. Oh, wow. Uh, that's my pick to win. Again, is she lead? Is she supporting? I don't know. But she's someone who's been knocking on the door a while. She doesn't have a win on her resume yet. She 
was nominated a couple times, four times I I looked up, and as recently as, obviously, the Manchester by the Sea performance, where you could have argued that she deserved to win that year. Again, Steven Spielberg, his biopic, a lot of hype, that train's already left the station a while ago. Uh, Michelle Williams for me. I'm going to go Carrie Mulligan. I think she's been Makes a lot the of top sense. of her game. I think that movie's going to win somewhere, uh, if not a screenplay, like you said, and uh, you're 100% accurate, so you're you're probably, possibly right there. Thank you. And um, I think uh, she, she's knocking on the door for a while. Uh, so if it's not Vanessa Kirby getting in, Carrie Mulligan, for she said, uh, is going to be my winner today. Look, of the last 50 lead actress winners, 36 have been first-timers, a little more than the, 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 the actor side of things. 14 have been repeat winners. Obviously, Frances McDormand's been in there. Uh, she's just been great in everything and I'm knocking on the door every year. But, Mike, th- this category goes like 20 deep yeah. in terms of major players. Mm-hmm. Ian Hathaway, Zoe Kazan, uh, Zoe Saldana, Jessica Chastain's going to play a good nurse opposite a bad nurse, apparently, mm. and Eddie Redmayne. Sersha Ronan's going to be in a whodunit. Emma Karin, eh, maybe sexual jealousy. She's acting against Harry Styles as well. <laughs> <laughs> but Carrie Condon, this could, you can have deep cuts involved. Kiki Palmer from Nope, Carrie Condon from the Banshees. Of Inisher, Taylor Russell was so damn good in Waves. She's going to be uh, opposite Timothy Chalamet and Bones and All. Carrie Mulligan's in two movies. Florence Pugh's in two movies. How does is Florence Pugh about to have an Adam Driver year where she gets in for nothing, but she was awesome in everything? Didn't she just have that year? I mean, I guess she was nominated for Little Women, but didn't she just have the Adam Driver year the same year Adam Driver had the Adam Driver year? Wasn't 2019 or 2020 or 2019 all about Florence Pugh? It was about Florence Pugh. Uh, but anyway, Michelle Yeoh gives me pause with Carrie Mulligan. She, so she that's what I wanted to ask you. What what yeah. was did you have like an idiom or like a uh, a mantra to your picks or were you just picking what speaks to you most? Because like I tried to focus more on things I knew were going to be released later. Because I feel like again, if these pictures do live up to their Oscar caliber, it's going to be survival of the fittest at that point. But you defaulted a couple times back already to everything, everywhere, all at once. Being in love you with may- that movie like you are. You may you remember when Kate Blanchett and Elijah Wood stared into an orb <laughs> and they saw. What they saw in the forest, that's what happened to All me. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Can I explain myself? Absolutely not. All right, I love it. I love it. Mayhem, let's go. <laughs> I, I wanted to pick Florence Pugh. I wanted to pick Vanessa Kirby. I wanted to pick Naomi Aki. I wanted to pick so many people in this category. I almost picked uh, Naomi Aki, too, just to be like, look, I'm hedging completely. <laughs> I was not going to pick Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> from the yep. 3,000 Years of Longing, if you listen to our last episode. <laughs> a little worried about that property. But she's also in The Killer and The Eternal Daughter, which will come out this year. Who the hell knows? Dakota Johnson's in three different things. I mean, Anna Diarmas, will she just get nominated for playing Marilyn Monroe regardless? Yeah. It, it, it's just chalk at the end of the day. Yeah. That's pretty so wild that both of us are so far out on that movie. And that seems to be tailor-made for a Best Actress nom. Well, we're not comfortable yeah. um, with our sexuality, with, with nudity, <laughs> with any of it, with any of it. Fair. We're just Fair. asexual. Yeah. 
and everybody knows too much now. Makes Michael, a lot of sense. Yeah. two more categories left. We have best <laughs> director. We'll start, you know, driving, hopefully driving home a lot of these films in your head. Uh, so many potential nominees. Again, we've kind of mentioned a lot of these movies. You got legacy people in terms of James Cameron's, and we'll we'll go through the legacy guys that we picked. Uh, we have Martin McDonough. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, Banshees, Poor Things, Aronofsky, Alex Garland. We have the Daniels from Everything Everywhere. Corita, like I said, we've seen international uh, directors break through. So we have Corita from Broker. We have from uh, The Triangle of Sadness. We have Mr. Osland uh, there with uh, the Woody Harrelson movie. Gina Prince Bythewood from The Woman King, if that pops. Maria Schrader from uh, She Said. Todd Field from Tar- Mike. There's again. I can list so many people. Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele, Nope, Olivia Wilde. This but, is an impossible category. We, but it's, is it all that impossible? Because we have three major legacy names in charge of humongous Oscar-y grabby pro- properties, if not four. Like Damien Chazelle. Neither of us picked him. Oh my god! How dare I we? totally forgot. How dare we? Oh my god! I totally forgot. And. We're fine with forgetting, right? Because, you know, because maybe he gets forgotten. Wow. But how? 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 Wow. I was going to say my biggest regret was not finding a spot for an international feature director. And Karita is the one that speaks most to me as well, as I think he is to you. But I just think this category is so loaded. Loaded. I didn't even. I, I completely forgot about Chiselle. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't change any of my picks, I don't think. Maybe I would swap. Scorsese for him, but I have Scorsese as my one of my noms. Yeah, I got Steven Spielberg, Scorsese, David O. Russell. We both have all three of them. Damien Chazelle, we probably should pick him. You know what? I'm I'm gonna who are you because taking? Because I'm 100 percent accurate. I'm gonna say Steven Steven Spielberg gets snubbed again on his own biopic. <laughs> He'll get in for screenplay. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ could you possibly imagine <laughs> alright alright you convince me I'm gonna take out David O. Russell then I'm gonna I'm gonna go anti your pick that's that, that's, that's, that's smash, fine I, oh my god we have to end the Oscars we have to end we have to end the Mike Mike and Oscars for sure Scorsese and Spielberg are shoo-ins right now, James Cameron, Chazelle, O'Russell, like, they got to be, if, if there's odds out there, David, how come we didn't get these? If there's <laughs> odds out there, those have to be the top four, no? Yeah. I mean, those are the four. Something has to go catastrophically wrong for each of those for them not to be multi-time Oscar noms. And never mind, probably Best those Picture movies, locks yeah. at this point. I mean, as long as they're at least passable movies, right? And it's going to take, like, up-and-comers to break through and be undeniable to knock one of these legacy guys off their off their perch. So, all right. So we both have Scorsese, Spielberg. You're sticking with O'Russell. I'm changing it to Giselle. Who are your other two, Michael? I'm taking Scorsese out. Oh, my God. I'm taking Scorsese you're, out. You're going Giselle, Spielberg, O'Russell. yeah. yeah. And then I'll take, uh, Jesus, this is so hard. This is so hard. Famous last words. I'm taking Scorsese out. That's smart for a director category. Um, George C. Wolf. I think Rustin is going to be a power player. Now, I, I, I admit, I think George C. Wolf might be my weakest pick in that all the credit in the world can go to Coleman Domingo. 
And I mean, George C. Wolf runs the risk of being overlooked. But I think George C. Wolf was a little overlooked for how good he was already in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Right. Directed the hell out of it. I agree. So I kind of wanted this to be like a makeup for him. Maybe I should be taking out George C. Wolf, but I, no balls, no babies. All right. Chazelle, Spielberg, <laughs> David O. Russell, George C. Wolf. I think she said, I didn't pick it to win Best Picture uh, because I can't. And you'll hear why in the next category. I think she said it's going to win Best Picture. I think she. I think Maria Schrader is going to be nominated because of it. I, I that just that movie screams Oscar to me and relevant and modern and something the Academy is going to get behind. I might change my pick and uh, commune with the spirits better if I could figure out it's how to so hard click play on unorthodox because have you, it's been on my Netflix feed forever. It's just this adorable actress getting her head shaved. I get it. I get it, man. I can't click play on it. Yeah. Can you click? I can't no. do it. So maybe if I do, even my mother's watched it and said it was really good. It's just like about a sad uh, community. Anyway. All right. Maria Schrader is a good pick there. I'm picking Sarah Polly of Women Talking mm-hmm. and Ruben Ostland of Triangle of Sadness. I'm kind of hedging my bet on who's going to come out of can, whether it's Corita or Ostland. I'm saying Ostland. I don't know, but like you could make an argument for so many Chuku, Schrader, Lelio, Corita, Wild, Bythewood, Wolf, in terms of the you know the up and comers knocking on the door, going to break it through it uh, and knock one of these legacies off the uh, off the perch, like I said, or maybe James Cameron just gets in. Maybe we get Chazelle Cameron, and this has been chalk from the jump. Look, man, <laughs> if the money was the Oscar for Spider Man. Then why isn't the money the Oscar for Avatar? Yeah. Well, I mean that's my it's... argument here. Like if we we've been told for a decade how the money is the Oscar for all these popular films, right? But because yeah. James Cameron's attached all of a sudden it's an Oscar movie regardless? What does Avatar 2 have to do in order to bring it to Oscar's relevant? I mean, it you know, it's not going to be more impressive financially than Avatar 1. It's not going to be more impressive visually, I don't think, than Avatar 1. Maybe it is. Maybe a blue person comes off the screen and sits down next to you in the theater. And that's the type of technology we're dealing with. And if that happens, then yeah, sure, give James Cameron the director award. And he didn't even win for how profoundly different and amazing and technological Avatar 1 was. So I don't know what Avatar 2 has to do to get Cameron the recognition that it seems like it would have to, if we're playing by the rules. I'm just thinking about changing another one of my picks. <laughs> so I'm you sure just blacked you out. Yeah. <laughs> I blacked out. Because clemency was so deftly handled that if if Chinyonye uh, Chukwu is handling Till, yeah. I, I, I have all the confidence in the world she's going to pull it off. And when point. she does, that it's going to be undeniable. So let me go. Let me get Ruben Ostland out of there. Sorry, Ruben. It's a very funny premise but you'll get screenplay maybe instead. And I'll say that uh, Chukwu, Polly, Chazelle, Spielberg, and Scorsese is my five. And now I don't know who to pick to win because you're casting doubt on my, my pick. I, I'm picking Spielberg. I, th- I was going to pick Scorsese, but now I'm, I'm going to pick Sarah Polly. I'm going to say that the women winning streak is going to continue. I love that. I would love that. That'd be amazing. I would love for Maria Schrader, Sarah Polly to, yeah, that'd be great. Or Chukwu. Yeah, any of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we have Best Picture now. Look, I have tears for Best Picture. And we have some old betting odds from David 
uh, for a picture. Uh, Canterbury Glass is what it was called. Amsterdam, 7-1. to one. Killers of the Flower Moon, 7-1 to one as well. She said at 9-1. to one. Rustin at 10-1, to one, as, lo- as well as Babylon at 10-1. to one. 13 Lives, the Ron Howard picture that you're worried about, 12-1. Mm-hmm. to one. The Fablemans, 14-1, to one, along with The Sun, Florian Zeller there. Empire of Light, The Killer, Don't Worry, Darling, White Noise, Nope, Bardo, all in under 20 to 1. Michael, couple of tiers. I'm going to do the I Wish tier first. Okay. I Wish, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Yep. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Decision to Leave, I Wish. Yep. I Wish he, he just kills it. The Handmaiden was pretty good. I, I, very I would absolutely, beloved. I would love to be wrong about not having it in as well. Chan Wook Park, if he makes that premise work, I'll be so happy. Uh, I'm not going to step on your other wish or my other wish, but the everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. The Gray Man, I want to dance with somebody despite your worries. The Killer, David Fincher, let's get, have that come out this year. Let's have a great whodunit, not a good one. Well, if Brian I tell you Johnson, what, if that, movie comes, if that movie comes out, the, the, I mean, I think a couple categories blow up. Like a director, I'm not going to not put Fincher in with those. You know, I don't know what to do. I ho- I hope for my sanity's sake that movie doesn't come out till next year. Yeah, let it play next year. But men, see how they run. Another Who Done It, uh, Spaceman. I'm really rooting for those to be good, uh, despite the fact that I'm worried about Spaceman and the Alien Spider and Adam Same. Sandler. But if he nails it, that'll be fun. I have a second tier. I have a second tier where The Wonder, White Noise, Till, 13 Lives, Tar, The Sun, Empire of Light, Don't Worry, Darling, Bones and All, Bardo, The Banshees of Inn and Sharon. You can make an argument for any one of those for me. How does 13 Lives get into the best picture conversation for you in this scenario with your noms being what they are? It'll be the Bridge of Spies pick. It'll be the Green Book pick. It'll be the wholesome family movie-going experience pick that so ron howard gets close to the director field none of us are enthused about but yeah it get but it'll be the ford v ferrari pick okay you know it'll be it'll be the true story that's that's a fun movie to watch because it is a fun story yeah i agree and and it's a true story and it's an emotional story and my god so if he does nail it it could be that typical oscar movie type of pick which is probably why it's showing up on a lot of lists makes sense okay Otherwise, we got our picks here, Michael. Who, who you got? And I think we got seven of the same. I, I believe so. And and so we've talked all show. Amsterdam, Killers of the Flower Moon, Babylon, and the Fablemans. I think something yeah. needs to go wrong, for like severely wrong, for them not to at least be adjacent to the best picture conversation all year long, right? What odds, like a parlay on, on all four of those, what odds would you walk away from? All four of them get nominated in Best Picture. What odds would you stay away from Amsterdam, the David O. Russell, Damien Chazelle's Babylon, Spielberg's The Fablemans, and Killers of the Flower Moon from Scorsese? All four get nominated. You, I mean, so here's the first thing that popped into my mind. The mm-hmm. first question I ask is, are you giving me positive odds? And I guess that, yeah. that in and of itself is a crazy question because like, my mind thinks these are so much of locks that even all four of them together, you may not get a plus odd. You may have to pay a VIG in order to get even money. You got a thousand dollars. That's just roaming around. You're going to put a thousand. Well, it's what are you, what are you, what are you giving me? What's the book of also Mike giving me for odds for that parlay for those four? Would you take two to one odds in a heartbeat? You, I think that's too high. 
yeah, like in a heart. And I, I, I understand how ridiculous this sounds right now, knowing nothing about yeah. these movies, and we're in May talking about it. Like, <laughs> but that's how that's how much of a lock they are in my mind. Yeah, I would be shocked if if any of them fall off. But I mean, it's happened before. We absolutely, we, we absolutely. We I mean, it won't because we're one hundred percent accurate. But it has happened to other people, lesser men than us before. Other people yeah. have missed, hilariously <laughs> missed, and look. Looked ashamed at the end of it all. Shameful. Right. Um, we both have Rustin. We both have Rustin. We think George C. Wolf is on a roll. He's done great movies for HBO as well. HBO Originals. He's done great work in the theater. Uh, this this has huge, huge cultural impact in telling this story of the March on Washington and telling the story of this uh, this activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Coleman Domingo. We got to see it. And we've talked all episode about how woman talking and she said we both think are yeah. going to be there. I, I think this is going to be a year for some, not some vegetables, but for a more serious movie. And that's just typical. The year after a fan favorite wins, the year after a sentimental favorite wins, like a coda. We've seen this back, you know, happen yep. back to back years always, right? We'll get the serious issue movie winning the year after. Yep. So she said on the Weinstein issue, women talking again on the Me Too issue there. It's going to be about a similar subject. I think those those three last movies are just primed to at least hit the Academy when the Academy's ready to love them and ready to you know, to accept them uh, not coming off the pandemic where they're, well, I mean, yes, coming off the pandemic, but coming off of a, a year where they're just wanted to be happy. I, I don't think people are going to want to be happy. So that's, this year. I think they're going to be intense. I, I'm, I don't want to be happy right now with what's going on in reality. So I agree with that. Um, So that's seven of the same we have. We actually have eight of the same because I think those last three spots are, you could have anything. We both yeah. happen to have Avatar 2 as one of those last three spots. For me, it's the tech category pick. I agree. I think it's going to be the undercard uh, darling know, Dune yeah. of this year. Yeah. And it's uh, Mad Max. It's mm-hmm. going to get like the first one. Right. The first one had 10 nominations, nine nominations, whatever it was back in 2009. So the, av- the first Avatar got loaded up, and this one probably is going to be similar. So Avatar, The Way of Water. Is that a prestigious enough title? makes me i'm just shaking, I'm shaking my head um so that leaves two different so we have eight of ten of this which is pretty amazing actually at this point in the year to that we're that this similar but we have two different ones my two that you don't have i've already said i'm extremely high on shirley mm-hmm. uh if ari aster wins screenplay and the movie's taken yeah. that seriously for that category and if joaquin phoenix is good enough where he's nominated in, in lead actor and Parker Posey, man. And if Parker, Parker Posey, Posey, yeah, I mean, then I think <laughs> Disappointment Boulevard has to be. I don't know that it'll be a contender for Best Picture, but I think I'm it has to be so in the field. Hard. I'm rooting so hard. That was an I wish for me. I wasn't going to step on mm-hmm. you. I want I want you to be right there. And I, I believe They owe him you. from Hereditary, man. They owe him. I agree. Uh, wholeheartedly. All right. So you have Disappointment Boulevard. Avatar 2 and Shirley is your last three there. I have Avatar 2. Next goal wins. I love that. Because the last time we doubted Tiger. I love that. Jojo Rabbit came out, and everybody's wondering about Next Goal Wins. Is it going to be a white savior movie from Searchlight? They've been delaying it forever. But then here's the premise. The premise is that this is the team that lost 33-1. to (laughs) So they're going to be taking the piss out of the white savior. So it might really, really work I, I with Elizabeth Moss, can't wait. with Michael Fassbender. He's so funny. 
just don't give any award speeches anytime soon, please, <laughs> Taika, because those were not funny. But otherwise, the man, I cannot wait for Thor Love and Thunder. If he just dazzles us all with that one again and Next Goal Wins comes out at the you know film festival, I could just see them just nailing that. I really want that to be good. And then The Woman King. Love it. The Woman King, Gina Prince-Bythewood, going back from loving basketball to uh, – I should have looked up the darn Netflix movie, and now I have to do it. I just have to do it. The Netflix movie, everybody watched it. I think – 200 billion people watched it according to netflix <laughs> right i think that's pretty accurate the old guard the old mm, guard there you go and they have the old guard 2 in pre-production of course they do mm-hmm. there's 200 billion people watching it. right well that are left-handed on thursday afternoon cutting a cucumber yeah <laughs> they all watched 30 seconds those of netflix stats being as reliable <laughs> as we know they are i would love Based on, I don't, I won't give away what Schmaves told me about the, uh, the the real history of Dahomey, but man, is there there a story to be told there? So, I would, it's a, a heavy story. I mean, it's serious yeah. in dealing with slavery and imprisonment, and but I mean, it's a very dramatic story. So I, I it could make a lot of sense if that one hits right. I mean, we already had the first still from the movie hit us right. Certainly, if that one hits mm-hmm. right, then that I could see that being a major player. Absolutely. So, we got to pick one. Are we together on it? Are we not together on it? Do you want to say it on the count of three? Well, are we? Are we? I, I, my hands are tied. Are you doing the same one? I think so. All right. One, two, three. She Avatar said. two. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Well, I want. I have. She I said. wanted to be. She said. I can't pick it though. I have to pick Amsterdam. Because I oh, picked it right. last I year. I forgot. I thought you were going to switch yeah. it. I, well, I want, uh, like, look, I'm, I'm hedging. This is a total cop-out by me. I think she said it's going to win. But I have You're, to pick Amsterdam because I picked it last year. Because he has an eye patch? He picked it last year. <laughs> I didn't pick Don't Worry Darling again. I could still be right two years away. All right. Uh, no, I ha- no, I, ca- I can't. Because I, if Amsterdam you wins, I'm going to feel like an ass. If she said uh-huh. wins and I don't officially pick it, I'll be okay. I'll be like, that deserve to win. If Amsterdam if wins and I abandon it, I'm going to feel like an ass. If they can't even agree on a title, how good could it be? <laughs> <laughs> one of these, like that two to one scares me still. One of these huge tentpole Oscar films is going to flop on its face. No? And how funny which is one? it going to be you, so the there's, there's, Yeah, well that... <laughs> <laughs> the Storybergs. No, I swear to God, this is how my childhood went. You people don't understand. <laughs> Just a kid shitting in the street for an hour and a half. <laughs> Steven, we actually hate that kid. We call him Poopy Matthew. <laughs> Poopy Matthew. <laughs> Every day, 6 p.m., he would just shit in the street. Seth, Seth Rogen just ruins the movie. Uh, if you had to put money, God, that'd be hilarious. You're putting more doubts in my head about the Fableman now. But if you had to put money on one of those four right now not making the best picture field, just being nominated for best picture, oh my which God. would you put money on? Amsterdam. Not making it? Amsterdam. Because you picked it. You're probably right. I mean, well, it makes, I mean... You can't bet well, against Chazelle. I, I got reasons. You can't bet against reasons. Spielberg. You we can't. know nothing about the plot. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, and they can't come up with a title. They, I mean, again, I'm nitpicking like crazy. You have to, because we only know what we know. Yeah. 
David O. Russell's been awesome in every movie, and he's a, a MMO favorite in terms of directors. Even but he's he, also like a controversial. Yeah, figure even now. though he's he might be an ass, is what I was going to say. Yeah, he's talking a lot of trash. I mean, does that hurt him? I don't know. All right, I'm picking. Wanted, I'll, I'll pick. She said, "I'll pick it officially." I wanted I'll to switch. pick women talking. You, well, you can, rookie, no, you convince me. You convince me. See into the orb, <laughs> and you are looking into an older orb. Yeah, it's not a. You're right. Again, no, you're right. You're right. You're making you, a lot of sense. The only, so now my hesitation is: is it going to win screenplay and best picture, or is it going to win director and best picture? Because kind of has to. Director best picture doesn't always happen. I would say it rarely happens in modern times. Well, I'm hedging with women talking, and um, I have it winning screenplay. Did I have it winning screenplay and director? I don't remember now. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this. Is that, here's the thing: this episode. We can talk, never go back talk to about, it. <laughs> talk about a lot of trash. We base. I, I made a lot of picks just on the clock today. I completely deleted my best actress picks. I completely deleted them by act, by accident. I think I did come up with tears, mm-hmm. and then I I post I pasted uh, David's odds over You're just it. Excited by about the odds. You just you lost yourself for a minute. Can't resist those ads. <laughs> Well, I totally forgot. as always, dear listener, there is your year in preview series with a bow wrapped on it. But what matters most to us are your picks. What are your way too early, 100% accurate Oscars predictions? Let us know. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us in any of these major categories? And as well, what do you feel about the undercard like we started off this episode with? I want to say three days ago is when we hit record for the first time on this episode. Uh it felt mm-hmm. like that anyway, but let us know your picks, your predictions, where we are right and where you see us being wrong, even though, again, just a disclaimer, we are 100% accurate here, so we're never mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, as always, you can leave us those, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns about anything we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, .com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do if you would be so kind as to take a few seconds out of your day and leave us a five-star review those truly help us out a lot thank you to each and every one of you who have done so thus far michael year in preview is wrapped up we can officially enter 2022 now the film year and the oscars race uh let's tell the good people what's coming next from us and let's have some words of wisdom to end on well it is wise to wear multi-million dollar outfits at the <laughs> Metropolitan <laughs> Malton Museum of Art uh while the world is burning yeah. and uh <laughs> represent the gilded age. Yeah. yeah, that always goes over well. That's a good and dichotomy. I think that's going to strike the right chord. If you ever were I guess wow, in terms of just biting sarcastic cynicism. If Roe were to ever be overturned, it should be on Met Gala Day. That's a great point. I think uh, I think it happened. Yeah, and I think uh, we're going to deal with the consequences. The dichotomy of humanity being what it is right now in this country. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what's coming next, we're going to continue to bury our heads in the sand and review movies <laughs> that come out that we can enjoy hopefully Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness we have uh after that Downton Abbey a new era we have Top Gun Maverick and I'm you're going to make ashamed me watch that, aren't you I'm not ashamed at all that I'm making you do all three of these oh, last man. year we did the Fast franchise you're welcome and <laughs> we did we did so many things that you forced me to do 
And I force you to do some things too. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I mean, there's, there's so much documentary feature content on here that I do not have a leg to stand on. <laughs> but I will say, I was waiting. <laughs> I will say, I think I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that Top Gun Maverick is going to be a fun movie to review for us. That's fine. Uh, I, I, I'm, I I'm actually I'm not as against Top Gun Maverick as I'm I'm purporting to be. I'm okay with that. At Downton Abbey, we gotta we gotta buy the tickets. It'll be a we cold gotta, day in hell before now. Go. <laughs> we gotta reunite the the moms. Yeah, we do. We have to do that. So I miss seeing your mom. I haven't seen her in a while. Been afraid to, yeah. you know, uh, see her in person. Infect my family. Yeah, I get it. I've been very afraid. Been nice. I'm, I'm boosted. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So uh, I think uh, I think it's time that we we hang out at the movie theaters again. So those are coming. We also got some box office content that we want to do. We got another big special on how to fix the Oscars that we've been waiting on and researching. And I think we want to do that at some point. So all that's still to come. We may jump into a mini series again and again. And look at this series is basically what we do all year round. Which yeah. you know the joke at the the onset of our year preview series. We basically preview the Oscars for, you know, 11 months mm-hmm. and then review the Oscars for maybe a month. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith slapped a guy. <laughs> We're previewing the review. Right. And uh, then we'll review the preview. Yeah. That's, you know, probably should have been the name of this podcast. Probably. Yeah. But uh, we just had to be arrogant <laughs> about... Their name and our names. Mike, and- Mike, and Poopy Matthew coming at you. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can get ready for the next film year with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Aster. Oscar, Asker, whatever. Ari Aster. <laughs> Mike, Mike, and Ari Aster. <laughs> Making award season year round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. I apologize for this outro. <laughs> I do not. Love you. <laughs>